0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game-Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to help you shake up the status quo in your company's business capabilities and move your organization in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, well, you know you're in the right place, but you're in a new place right now. We are very, very pleased to be introducing one of our new series for 2018. This one, as the gentleman just said, is Game Changing Business Model Disruption. We have a lot to share with you. So I'm going to introduce the topic, as I usually do on our other shows, with the buzz quote, and then I'll introduce the panelists, and then I will ask the sponsor of this series. We're very honored to have him on the panel today. Of course he's on the panel his show. And he's going to tell us what we can expect in this series over the course of the year. So here's the buzz. I have a quote from Clay Christensen. If anybody has been hiding and doesn't know who he is, Clayton Magleby Christensen, born in 1952, he's a young guy, is an American scholar, educator, author, business consultant, and religious leader who serves as the Kim B. Clark professor of business administration at the Harvard Business School at Harvard University. And he's a co-founder of Rose Park Advisors, a venture capital firm in InnoSite. Let's just leave it there. Here's the quote. Listen up. Disruption is a process, not an event, and innovations can only be disruptive relative to something else. Now, just think about that for a minute. So here's some breaking news for all of you out there. You are listening to us on the Business Channel on World Talk Radio. You're interested in business information, business insights, business, all kinds of things to help you do your business better. Let's just reduce it to that. So here's some breaking news. It's 2018, February already. And your status quo business model will not sustain you in this digital age. Doesn't matter what your industry is, where you're based, how loyal your customer base is things are changing. It's going digital. Nothing is the same. Where can you turn? Well, today we're going to talk about one of those places you can go, and it's called Cloud Solution Extensions. These are the critical building blocks to driving innovation at the edge, and my panelists will explain that while helping you maintain a stable digital core. Sounds like words of wisdom. Also, we're going to talk about P-A-A-S, that's Platform as a Service. So let me tell you who our panelists are, and then we'll get started. First up, I'm very honored. To welcome Torsten Lydak, a colleague of mine at SAP. He is a global vice president of ecosystem SAP Cloud Platform Go to Market. Joining him on the panel is a returning guest. Well, Torsten was on one of our shows last year as well. Returning guest, Sana Salam, founder of SoDallas Solutions, S O D A L E S. I had the pleasure to meet a very bubbly and enthusiastic and very smart Sana at Sapphire Now last year. That was a thrill. She walked in and it was like, we finally meet after all these times on the radio. So happy to have you back, Sana. And welcoming a newcomer, he is Joachim Nagel, BU lead Accenture software for HCM at Accenture. We're very happy to have you here, Joachim. So let's start with Torsten. Torsten, before I introduce you with the quote you've selected for the opening, why don't we talk a little bit about what this series is going to be giving our listeners over the course of 2018. Torsten Laddick, talk to me and Welcome.
2: Yeah, hello, Bonnie, and it's obviously a pleasure to be on your show. And obviously, also, I'm very excited about having the opportunity to kick off this series, which is actually co-sponsored with a colleague of mine, Mark Gill, who will be on the uh, panel next week. So, yeah, you know, as you said, I joined, I guess, one of your sessions last year which was around digital transformation and was very excited mm-hmm. about the former, the outside in perspective, the dynamic of the panel. And, you know, after this experience when we did a pre brief, I thought, well, you know, there's a perfect opportunity to not just talk about technology as an enabler, how companies can innovate and, you know, what a new state of the art um capabilities are if you set up your IT landscape and how you organize your processes, because at the end, you know, it's all about your business model and business success if you are a business leader. So, business model disruption is very important, and it's happening obviously um, today, and we see this in many places. I mean, there are very prominent examples like Google, Airbnb, and Facebook, I think, which everybody comes to mind, but there's obviously also even smaller businesses which are affected. I was in the Basically, a trade show, I think, a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, there was a shoemaker, which was, I think, very interesting, a two-person mm. craftsmanship who was basically, you know, scanning feed of people uh, to create a digital twin and then to build custom-built shoes and have them basically, you know, so that customers can order them online in future very tailor-made, you know, a classic traditional handcraft chip, but completely disrupted and converted into a digital business. So I think this is obviously one of the examples where you can see that's really impacting all different kind of industry, all businesses, large and small. And what we want to do with the series here is really to provide a really holistic approach which spans across different areas and also uh, bring in certain constituents which really affect the business models. And business disruptions, so we'll talk about platform and the API economy, we will talk about the market trends, but also the importance of open standards, edge innovation. We'll also talk and bring in people from ventures and IO funds, accelerators to help really startups to become successful. And then obviously we'll talk about digital technologies as enabler, like blockchain or IoT and others. So very excited to obviously be in the show and obviously, you know, to, to, to sponsor that and
1: looking forward to an exciting series. Thank you. You are so eloquent when you speak, Torsten. That was lovely. I, I said to myself, I am listening to listening to you and I'm saying, gee, I ought to listen to that show. And I said, oh, I'm hosting that show. I'm producing that show. V- very, very well put. Thank you very much. You, you hit on all the high points there. So let's start with your opening quote and let's get into this. You are quoting Harold Wilson. I looked him up and I think this is the right one. James Harold Wilson, Baron Wilson of FRS K-G-O-B-E-P-C-F-R-S-F-S. He lived from 1916 to 1995, a Labour Party politician who served as the UK Prime Minister from 1964 to 70 and 74 to 76. I hope this is the right one and here's the quote. It is, it's yep. a little bit macabre. Anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's kind of dark. So let me read the quote and I told Torsten we'd use this. We don't usually do dark quotes on the show, but here we go. He who rejects change is the architect of decay. The only human institution which rejects progress is the cemetery. I want to cry, Torsten. <laughs> It's so sad. So tell me, how in the world does that quote relate to our topic today? We're talking about changing the game. We're talking about cloud extensions. What's going on?
2: Well, yeah, I agree, right? And there's a similar quote, which is maybe not as morbid and provocative from Benjamin Franklin, which says, you know, when you're finished changing, you're finished, right? So I think both of them have a very similar, obviously, intent. So what it really means is, and I think this is why I like it, because it's obviously provocative, but it also clearly demonstrates, you know, what really change in a digital economy is about. Um, you have basically to embrace, you know, change to really survive and sustain market leadership. And you need to be able and willing really to disrupt your own business model and your status quo to stay relevant in the future and really be, stay on um, top of the curve. So, and we see this obviously when I was talking about at the beginning about the series, right? Where we see that the industry lines are blurring and new com- competitors entering the markets, right? So even by statistics, I think you know, this is very well known that more than 50% of the Fortune 500 companies went bankrupt or fell off the map since 2000, right? This is only 18 years, mm-hmm. and then you have obviously those prominent examples around Sony, Walkman, Nokia, BlackBerry, right? Who were all prominent market leaders, you know where. Had actually at this time start of state of the art innovations and technologies, and then they just fell uh, fell short of basically getting it to the next level because they were so satisfied with what they're doing that they never changed and disrupted. And today they disappeared or at least got diminished. So that's why I think this quote releva- uh, relates very well to this um, to the situation we are in, right? Because it clearly shows you the two options: either you change and be. Continuously successful or, you know, basically don't do it. But then the probability is high that you're out of business tomorrow.
1: Thank you. And, and we have heard variations on that. I, I think once in a while it's a good thing to warn businesses, and to say, okay, you can't stand on the sidelines. Put your toe in the pool. The water's not too cold. It's not too hot. Let's get going or you won't be here. I, great for the statistics you shared. Thank you so much. Now I'm going to turn to our second panelist, welcoming back Sana Salam, founder of Sodala Solutions. And she has sent us a quote from Ralph Marston. I had no idea who he was. Ralph Folsom Marston, 1907 to 1967. Oh, he was young. He was a professional football player who spent a season in the National Football League with the Boston Bull Dogs in 1929. Seriously, well, he must be famous for the quote, so here we go. Welcome those big, sticky, complicated problems. In them are your most powerful opportunities. Sana, how are you? I'm doing very well, Bonnie. How are you? Thanks for coming in the show. Oh, we're delighted! I'm so I was so happy to see your name pop up on the guest list. Uh, you and I had quite an interesting meeting at uh, Sapphire last year, didn't you? You you yeah, popped into the. It, it was lovely. <laughs> she you. said, "Here's Bonnie," and I said, "Here's Sana." We ran at each other. It it was great. It was very very nice to meet. Just say, tell me about this quote. Are you a fan of Ralph Marston? How in the world did you find a quote from a guy who's been gone since '67, who was a football player back in the day? Talk to me.
3: Actually, I was just searching for something to to inspire me, and uh, off and on, I just search for certain words such as courage or change or adaptability, and I always run into these nice quotes, and I actually do it on daily basis before I go to bed, and
1: that's how I just add things to my vocabulary and my dictionary. So tell me about, okay, the big sticky mm-hmm. complicated problems. You deal with those, mm-hmm. don't you? That's what your business is all about, is solving problems. So, Absolutely. It, yeah, is, so is innovation right. a big sticky problem or is innovation the solution to those complicated problems?
3: Mm-hmm. Very good question. So, I want to actually start with what Dorsen was saying. And I think he was talking about disruption and innovation in business. But what I like to think is, I like to say, uh, dream big, but start really small. And what I've come across is that there are companies uh, that are going through a change because they have a growth opportunity in some other region, some other country. Um, They're changing the way um, their field employees work, and they need to get ready within the next two weeks to six weeks, and there is no time. They actually have to act in the moment, and that is what I call true disruption. So in that moment, they're not really thinking about digital transformation. This is not like a really big digital initiative. It's more about, I have this problem. I need to solve it. To get, to get a full advantage of the opportunity and how do I do that? And that's exactly where they take advantage of the technology and innovation.
1: So innovation is really a result or the byproduct of that problem. Thank you very much. There there always has to start with a reason, right, Sana? There has to start Mm -hmm. a reason why you need something. And uh, interesting, uh, Torsten and and, uh, Joachim will will talk to you in a second, and and Sana, the, the concept of the disruption of so many industries in the past few years, and of course we think of Uber, and of course we think of Airbnb, and we think of people who said, this isn't good enough. This isn't solving my big complicated problem. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step outside the box. I'm going to rock the world. I'm going to turn an established industry on its ear. I'm going to come in and take it by storm. Maybe I'll be successful. Maybe I won't. And then bingo, one day they find out other people were thinking the same thing because they get to be successful. Quick comment on that, Sonnet. you agree? Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, I can just quote a very recent example.
3: I walked into a meeting which was actually a pre-bid meeting and there was not a single person from the technology department in that room where it was actually a software selection meeting and it was being run by end users because they were searching for a specific innovation and they couldn't find it so they wanted to build it. It was all end users who were going to actually use it and they were willing to drive that entire transformation. So, are absolutely Right, it's uh, it's all about um, the, the recognizing the problem and and finding the solution that could be out of the box. And those leaders
1: who come up front can actually drive this change as well. Thank you very much. Welcome back. And now let's welcome our brand new panelist, Joachim Nagel. I hope I got that right at Accenture. And Joachim has sent us a quote from Nick Hornby. I also didn't know who he was. He is born in 1957. To me, he's a young kid. An English writer and lyricist best known for his memoir, Fever Pitch and his novels High Fidelity and About a Boy. Oh, About a Boy, all of which were adapted into feature films. I saw that movie. Hornby's frequently uh, work frequently touches on music, sport, and the aimless and obsessive nature of his protagonists. His books have sold over 5 million copies as of this year, and he was named the 29th most influential person in British culture in a BBC poll. Well, wow, now I'm paying more attention. So here is the quote Jochen has selected. It's not what you like, but what you are like that's important. Mr. Nagel, welcome to Game Changers. How are you?
4: Hi, Bonnie. I'm very well, thank you, and I'm very happy to be on the show today.
1: Thank you. Talk to me about the quote. Tell me where you found it, and are you a big fan? Did you see the movie about a boy?
4: I saw about a boy, and I'm a well. I'm to begin with, I'm a, I'm a big music lover, right? So. And and the quote is from the book High Fidelity, mm-hmm. and well, it's probably one of my most favorite books. So so it's about a guy who who does all these lists about the music he likes, right? And and I looked for quotes in High Fidelity, and and I thought this one fit our topic today quite well. And and talking about digital disruption, I would say the music industry is great example of that, right? It probably was one mm-hmm. of the first ind- industries that were completely turned upside down by digital trans- um, yes. disruption, right? Like, yeah. in the book, the guy always thought his LPs, like his, you know, long, long plays, and Nowadays, mm-hmm. you don't do that anymore, right? Because all you I do still is you have bring them. your music I, and
1: I still have vinyl. I still have a turntable, but I haven't plugged it in in years. Oh, my. Keep going. Keep going. Very interesting. Go ahead, Jan. Yeah, well
4: and, well, and vinyl is making a comeback, right? So Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, and the reason why I picked the quote really is for me, after I thought about it a while, because now I had the quote, so I had to come up with a way to connect that to our panel today. Um, and, and for me, the, the essence of that was that, like, doing is really more important than talking in a way. So, right. So, mm-hmm. so that's how I interpreted that for me, and and I think it fits the topic today quite well.
1: Thank you very much. Very interesting, and welcome. We're so pleased to have you. I I, I enjoyed that movie. What did you think? Were you uh, did you enjoy it from beginning to end? That was the movie where they they had the same actors. What was it? Twelve years.
4: Uh, which which the, one about a boy? About or? about a
1: boy? About a boy?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was who who who, who plays e- in the Ethan Ethan
1: Hawke? Was it Ethan Hawke in that one? And uh, uh, Patricia um, Arquette wasn't she in that one as the mom?
4: Uh, yeah, 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 she was. No, it, it, yeah, I, I liked it, quite enjoyed it, and actually, high fidelity was turned into a into a film as well with um, what's his name. Um, Jason
1: Cusack. Okay. Jason, Jason. I have to look that one up. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty quick on the lookups. It. Let's it's see. It's a really funny movie. I loved it. I will find I it. I'll find it do on do demand somewhere. Well. I'm trying to look it up and see what the plot is. Thank you very much. Torsten, I know you are expecting a fire drill. Where are you today? Let's quickly ask where are you today and what's in your cup today before you have to go on mute. Torsten?
2: Well, you know, the fire drill was just announced, Bonnie, so at the moment it's quiet, but I think they're coming back in a second, so everybody's running around me here in the office, because we, everybody has to be at a special place, but I gave advice that I have to be on the show, and, you know, we don't care about fires today, so <laughs> if it's getting...
1: If it's, We're the fire drill, getting, Torsten. We're the fire exactly, drill. Okay.
2: Exactly. That's what that's what we are. So if the background <laughs> noise comes back, I, I will obviously give you a notice that I might go on you to not disrupt your
1: that's session fine. too
2: much. So. What is in my cup? So I have actually today a tea in my cup, which was a gift from my sister, actually, on Christmas, and it's called Roy Lemon, and it's in rooibos tea,
0: Mm. actually green
2: rooibos tea, which is taken from young branches, and it's infused with lemon and peel. So it's really a nice uh, green, lightly orange color, you know, which tastes sweet, but also has a little bit of a refreshing taste due to the lemon, and so it's really refreshing for the senses and, you know, the right thing here for the show, I guess.
1: I think it is. Well, you sound great, so whatever's in the cup, it's obviously working, and Sana, where are yes. you today, and what are you drinking? Oh, very good. So I'm actually in my home today, and I am drinking tea as well, but
3: my tea is a little bit different. I make my tea with milk, so it's actually black tea, and then I add a little bit of cream and milk. Uh, in it, and sometimes I add a little bit of ginger, and it is creamy, it is sweet, and it is tasty,
1: and I actually just finished it, and I'm ready for the show. <laughs> I'm, tell me, in general, where is your home? Are you in the U.S., and what state are you in, or what city? I
3: am in Toronto, Canada, and she oh. just got 12 uh, centimeter of snow yesterday, and I was cleaning it all evening, because it's very cold here in Toronto, Canada.
1: Okay. Well, nice to have you. I didn't know you lived in Canada. That's interesting. And thank you very much. And Mr. Nagel, Jochen Nagel, I did look up High Fidelity. It's a 2000 American romantic comedy drama directed by Stephen Freer starring John Cusack. Names I can't pronounce. Eben Hel- Helgi, Jack Black. Todd Luiso and Lisa Bonet, I know who she is, based on the 1995 British novel by Nick Hornby with the setting move from London to Chicago and the name of the lead character changed. Very, very interesting. Thank you for that reference. I will find it. So where are you today and what's in your cup or what would you rather be drinking?
4: Yeah, so I'm I'm at home today. Um, Home is in Heidelberg, Germany. And I actually got in from Munich this morning, so Sana was talking about Snow in Toronto. We had snow in Munich, so saw snow today already, but now I'm at home and on the show.
1: Well, we're glad. Um, and what, what are you drinking? Well,
4: I just had a glass of water. Um, what, what would I rather be drinking if it was later in the day? I actually was in <laughs> Norway earlier this year, like, oh, well, basically in New Year's Eve. And in Norway, like, everything is outrageously expensive, right, especially if there's alcohol in it. So so I <clears throat> kind of got a liking of IPA, you know, Indian pale ale, the beer, because I thought if it's that expensive, I might as well go for a um, boutique beer. Mm-hmm. And and they they do great, like, IPAs up there. So if you ever get there, and, well, if some of you would good, like here, you know, I can recommend the IPA because it's not as much more expensive than somewhere else. So We're
1: always, always so interested it. in good drink uh, recommendations, so we thank you very much for that. Yesterday, we mm-hmm. had a guest talking about a coffee called Bespoke coffee. That was interesting. We had somebody talk about blue bottle coffee, and then we were introduced to a new coffee called Also Negro. Those were three coffees I don't think I'd ever heard of, so I looked them up and read a little bit about them on the show. It was very, very interesting. So we have three panelists. We have a very interesting topic, but most important, if you're just joining us, this is the debut of the third, actually the second of our four brand new series. I have another one debuting next week. Very happy to have my colleague Torsten Ladek here. He was a guest last year. He was so... Oh, good. I said to him after the show, why don't we do your own series in 2018? And he said, sure, I'd like to, something like that. And here he is, and the new series is called Game-Changing Business Model Disruption. And as he explained at the start of the show, it's going to cover a lot of very interesting topics. Our topic today, which we haven't quite gotten into yet, but we will in a moment, is disruptive innovation, and I guess that's the best kind, a vibrant ecosystem of cloud solution extension. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to give Torsten sana salam, and Joachim Nagel a chance to take a sip of something. And by the way, I am drinking my usual water in a cool, clear mug with a pink straw, hoping for sunshine. I relocated to Durham, North Carolina 165 days ago. I had to calculate for a presentation I gave yesterday. and wow. And... They don't let me have caffeine on radio show days, and Torsten and Sana know why, and Joachim is about to find out. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be back 90 seconds. That's all. So drink fast. We're going to have a great conversation. You're going to learn a lot, I promise. So I'm just going to say to my engineer, Aaron, out.
0: The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever. And the future success of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerating ongoing change. Factors as diverse as business disruption catalysts, new platform business models, agile innovation, a thriving ecosystem, and an API economy are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of business. Game Game Changing Business Model Disruption is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game Changing Business Model Disruption, presented by SAP email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to game-changing business model disruption.
1: Here we go. We're back with Torsten Ladek, Sana Salam, and Jochen Nagel, my special panelists here, on the debut of our brand new series, Game Changing Business Model Disruption. Those of you who are fans and followers of, we actually have 35 different things themed Game Changers series. Of course, Coffee Break with Game Changers is the flagship. I still do that every Wednesday. I believe Torsten was on that show. You will know that we often talk about business models. We often talk about disruption. We often talk about innovation, but here we're coalescing that into the title of the series, and that's why I'm so excited to welcome it on the airwaves today. Now we're going to start the roundtable with Torsten Lidek, and I asked Torsten to help me out with the definition of cloud extension, just so everybody knows what we're talking about. But before he does that, let me just read a little bit from one of his statements in the notes he sent me before the show, because I also introduced in my opening the concept of platform as a service. So he's going to put them together. Torsten says, companies need to embrace Platform as a Service, you may know that as P-A-A-S, as an agility layer for edge innovation while keeping a stable digital core system to run their established business processes more effectively, which implies that a company is established. So that's what we're talking about. Torsten, could you please give us a clear and simple definition of solution extensions, cloud solution extensions, and then what is Platform as a Service? Let's start there, and then we'll bring in Sana and Jochen.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Happy to do that. So, yeah, when we talk about cloud extensions, right, so there's obviously two words which suggest obviously, um, you know, and constitute basically the definition. One obviously is cloud, so which means, you know, the extension which we are talking about and which is being built or used or leveraged is in the cloud. And then the second uh, word is obviously extension. So what it means is actually that you enhance capabilities or add additional features to an existing solution which would run as a standalone application. Right. And, and the okay. reason why this is being done, in particular when you think about cloud, you know, where you don't have all the flexibility around customizing or adding additional functionality as you had in the past with some of the on-premise systems, you can obviously um, leverage this capability to add exactly those kind of function features. And this is actually where a platform as a service comes in because how, how is this being extended and how is it being done um, to basically extend this standalone application, like, for example, like an HCM cloud solution or like an EOP in the cloud, or it even works on the on-premise side, obviously, you would need to have a platform or a system where you can develop this additional functionality. And this is what is considered a platform as a service environment where you have development capabilities to build out functionality, which extends in this case, uh, as I said, existing solutions. Um, And the the, the key principle here is actually that while those solutions or those those different functionalities run side by side, so the standard application plus obviously then the additional functionality which has built in the platform as a service environment, uh, while they run side by side, they're compatible, they're leveraged and can communicate and exchange business logic and business content or data you know, from one side to the other by... using pre-configured APIs, but it's also upwards compatible, which is very important for the customers. So what it means is that, you know, if, for example, the cloud solution, the HR solution gets changed and updated, which happens in the cloud, obviously, on a regular basis, it doesn't really break the connection to the platform as a service environment, which is the runtime environment for the other functionality, which has been built as an extension. And maybe just to round this up, examples for example, when you think of, when you stay in the HR space, when you think about employee engagement, rewards and recognition scenarios, which complement core HR systems, might also apply a parts in digital supply chain. Um, you know, there's obviously various of examples. But maybe I pause here and. See if Thank you.
1: Yeah, let's right. get Sana in on this. Sana Salam, love love to get your thoughts on what Torsten put out for us. This level setting of what the topic is. Go ahead.
3: Very good. So, I define it in a very simple manner. So, my definition is cloud solution is something that allows you to solve a business problem instantly. So, it could be an industry problem, such as a tax change, or it could be a line of business problem where you are setting up a new joint venture or setting up a new partnership in, say, China, and now you need to put in translation together. So, all those things are all cloud solution extensions, and why we call it cloud solution extension? Because... Cloud is a way where you're going to be able to do it instantly with lightning speed, and then you also need a platform so that you can sustain it, maintain it, because that change is not going to just happen once. It's going to also happen again and again in six months, one year down the road, so you can maintain it and sustain it as well. So that's why these are called Cloud Solution
1: Extension. Thank you. Good. Good definitions here, Joachim Nagel. Would you like to agree or disagree? What are your thoughts on your definition of a cloud solution extension?
4: Well, so, so I, I would agree to that. I, I would probably add that that unlike an on-premise extension, as we had in the past, with a with a cloud extension on a on a platform with that side by side concept, um, Toss mentioned. Typically, the advantage you would get from that is that is that you're – you're more independent from the from the um, SaaS application or even on-prem application you're interacting with, right? Because you're only connecting with the functionality on that application via an interface and API, typically, and and you're only exchanging data. So, so as long as that data stream remains the way it is, you typically don't have a problem if there are changes to the to the underlying or core system you connect to, and, and that way you, you, in a way, can, can upgrade and evolve whole systems more independently.
1: Very interesting. Torsten, you started this part of the conversation. Anything you want to say about what your co-panelists added to your topic before I move on to something from Sana's notes? Go ahead, Torsten.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I think, you know, I think the that the concept is really right to combine two things. You have on the one hand side you know as if you run a business, you need to have a kind of stable core which where you run your core business processes very effectively and efficiently, and then you need to think about innovation and this is where the extensions come comes in and then you create this agility layer to which enables really to build out those capability so I think this is basically exactly what needs to be achieved you know you have this in principle diametric goal as a company that you want to be stable um, on the one hand side and have stability and effectiveness and efficiency. On the other hand, you want to be flexible, re- um, react to mm. innovation very quickly and then obviously adapt to customer requirements or changing, um, obviously, trends in the market very effectively, right? And this is basically exactly the kind of concept which is called bimodal IT that you combine those two principles and it has obviously an impact on the business model as well as you need to expose those kind of um, innovations to customers in a meaningful mm-hmm. way that they can easily consume them, but also obviously deploy them and find them even you know, in a an, in an, in an, uh, central environment.
1: Thank you very much. Sana, I have some interesting things in your notes here. You have a Bill Gates quote embedded in your roundtable statements you sent me before the show. I think this is where we're going to go. You say, Bill Gates said, intellectual property has the shelf life of a banana. Now, we all know what happens to bananas. If everything goes well, you buy them slightly green, they get yellow very quickly, and if you don't eat them, Mm -hmm. they get all spotty and they just become sugar. And there are actually companies now that are using very, very, quote-unquote, spoiled bananas for all kinds of food products. Very interesting. So your comment here on our topic is, we need the ability to continuously innovate. Cloud extensibility provides faster, better, and affordable ways to sustain continuous innovation. Talk to me about the banana and the software and where extensibility comes in. Sana.
3: Yeah, so that's actually a big one, because if you look at the habits or behavior of people, there has been an understanding or misunderstanding that if you try to innovate, you need a very big budget. You have to spend a lot. You have to put in resources. You have to go through all these different steps. And then by the time you get ready with it, uh, you know, maybe that requirement or that problem is no longer a problem anymore. And for that exact reason, I think the cloud extensions play a really important role here. Mm -hmm. And I compare this with the shelf life of a banana because... What I mean by that is that most companies and most users just know about what's going to happen in the next six months. They they, they they have a surety about that at least, and they can design or they can solve a problem for that particular period, but it's going to change again. So anything that you build as an even intellectual property or anything that you define as a solution is only good for a certain time, and you need to continuously change that or, or improve that without... Disrupting other things or your processes, and and I think the the way you do that is that you need to be able to do it in a more affordable fashion. So it has to be affordable financially as well. And I think cloud uh, extensions play a really big role in being affordable um, uh, innovations for customers.
1: Thank you. You put in the word affordable there. Very interesting. We haven't talked about the cost-effectiveness, but maybe we'll have time. Uh, Joachim Nagel at Accenture, please share your thoughts on what Sana said. Do you agree or disagree?
4: Uh, I I would agree to that. And if you look at the way um, where the software industry or software development in general is going as well, um, you, you typically today would build applications which are which are comprised of small like microservices that you would call as you would call them, so so it's typically quite easy to replace pieces of an application um, quite quickly, and certainly a cloud platform or a platform as a service, with all the tooling and languages and so on which are typically available there, lends itself to that kind of development approach as well. So so I would say it's the natural way to develop a product on a cloud platform.
1: Thank you very much, Torsten Ladek, Love to get your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think I want to take a little bit of a different angle to complement what has been said. So when we mm-hmm. talk about, obviously, you know, the shelf life of a banana, it's obviously about time to market as well, right? So what obviously customers need to think about is if they consume innovation and if they, or if they have the requirement for innovation and build out certain capabilities, you know, the edge innovation which we're talking about, there's obviously always the option to do and build this out by themselves or actually to leverage, you know, partners or companies who have already done this um, in the past or have an offering which would satisfy the need. So that's why I think, you know, other than even if it's an indirect component, right, an ecosystem is very important which has those kind of capabilities to basically... Provide those kind of innovation already in a pre-packaged way, so that you have fast time to um, fast time to productivity, so that you don't lose time by building out those capabilities over a long time. You also, obviously, if we talk about a shelf, you have some capability really to expose and weigh to the customers to um, you know to find those and discover those innovations very effectively, and that's where obviously electronic marketplaces and um, and other electronic channels might play an important role. So it's basically also impacting, you know, all the routes to market, the way how solutions are being marketed, promoted, how they're being sold. You know, um, and Sana mentioned the word affordability. So it has obviously um, impact on the business model, how things are being priced. It needs to be obviously related to what customers need. Um, and then due to the more microservice architecture, which we see in the future, that you have basically, you know, the opportunity to replace, it needs also to be consistent and easy to be deployed so that you can really have an integrated model from both from a technology but also from a business model perspective.
1: Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Sana, I heard you. Oh, actually, I really like the way um, Dorsen approached
3: it. I think think, uh, what... It's really defined um, how it's becoming affordable, and I think the time to market is is actually a very good point here because I think it when we say it has to be faster and better, I think that's all about the fast time to market. Absolutely.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, who would I hear? Yeah, yeah. Just Yeah, I, well, I, on
4: oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you want to go first. To-
1: yeah well, what what yeah. i was about
4: to say yeah and and i think it's important to be able to to adapt really quickly as well right so so you can't wait for i don't know 6 months or 9 months mm-hmm. to to come up with with changes to to a software product you you need to be able to constantly provide um changes or new functionality based on what your customers are telling you or what what actually the usage of the software tells you. And again, in the cloud, it's much easier to instantly roll that out to all your customers. So so I think that's certainly another very important well, synergy or productivity driver for cloud applications or applications running on a cloud platform.
1: Thank you very much. Who else? I heard another comment. Was that who's waiting, Torsten or Jochen? Yeah, Torsten.
2: Yeah, no, it was Torsten. Right. So I, basically, just building on what Jochen said, there, right on adaptability and time to market. Um, no, now I lost the thread here.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, 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 I think <laughs> that usually know, happens to me. Is, I, I have it back. I have it back now. You okay. Know, and I think I made a similar comment on the previous session, right? What what is interesting, and I think this is what you know, you know, people in positions who make, uh, obviously, those kind of uh, decisions around innovation and embracing agility and innovation need to really consider as well, right? We talk pretty much about adaptability time to market from a deployment perspective, from a technical mm-hmm. perspective, and then you have all those agile development techniques, which gets you solution in a very short time, or at least POCs. But then what we see, and this is, I guess, sometimes really, you know, the para, um, the big contradiction is, you know, after everything has built within a few weeks, you know, then it takes for procurement or the admin process in a company to really make the decision to purchase it or to implement it or really move ahead it takes then sometimes still... Um, couple of months following the very traditional path. So I think, you know, also the companies have to consider if you embrace innovation, if you want to have this agility, you know, it's not just on the technology layer. You also need to change your business processes and empower the people to make those decisions along those, you know, uh, along those time cycles. Otherwise, you don't lose the advantage which you initially get because you're
1: still stuck to your old model. Thank you very much. You know what? I'm going to move on. I'm looking at the clock here. We do have enough time. I'm going to move on to some statements from uh, Jochen's notes here, some very interesting things. Two things I want to talk about, Jochen. Let me introduce both of the topics, and you can tell me where you want to go. I don't usually do it this way, but I think this is important. Number one, you say, in the digital age and in the cloud, a strong partner ecosystem is even more important for a software company than it was on-premise. That's the first statement I like. The other one is, thriving in the digital era will require an innovate-fast-fail-fast fast mindset where good enough in most cases will be more important than perfect. Can you talk about both briefly and then we can see what Torsten and Sana have to say? Yep, sure, happy to. So
4: first talking about this innovate-fast-fail-fast fast mindset, I, I think we touched on that already in some way, right? Um, but <clears throat> but in general, I, I would say all of us as consumers or using our mobile phones, we are we are used to... In many cases to to applications which are very user friendly and might mm-hmm. at the beginning not have that much functionality, but they are evolving really quickly because they are mm-hmm. being used by so many people and and I think that's the approach that needs to be adopted for enterprise or business applications as well because that's the expectation everyone has based on their experience with their well in their private life basically mm-hmm. right? so
1: and the consumer side, yes, the, go ahead uh,
4: <clears throat> talking about um the ecosystem I, I think that's really a very important one because because nowadays um, yeah as, as i said it it's really paramount that that there are enough developers and partners building on a platform because that's what makes a platform attractive right so so if there's if there are software products available and, and people who are knowledgeable on how to build on that platform, so so it will really create what 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 you would call a platform effect. And, and I profoundly believe that this effect is much more pronounced than it was um, on-prem. And, and, I, and I think, again, a good example is what, what we see in the mobile industry, where you basically have two players um, dominating the field because they were able to attract much more developers and companies and ultimately offered more choice in terms of available applications. And we all know what happened to the others who weren't able to achieve that.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Torsten, let's circle around the table and get your comments. We have five minutes before we go into our predictions round. So Torsten, what are your thoughts on the two topics I asked Jochen to discuss with us? What do you think?
2: Yeah, so first maybe on the ecosystem, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's obviously important, as Jochen said, to drive adoption. And it has really impacts on two ways, right? For software vendors or vendors of platforms or creators of platforms, right? There's no adoption without a strong ecosystem exactly for the reasons um, Jochen mentioned. If it's not populated well, there's no choice and nobody looks into them and it's not sustainable. But for for the customers, it's important too, right, because... For them it translates into on the one hand the right choice, but also it secures the investment into a specific technology or you know, platform because it obviously there's continuous info- innovation which the ecosystem provides, which no single vendor can really sustain. Right when you think about specific solutions like fitness apps to extend HR, you know, nobody of the core software providers would ever build likely fitness apps. It's not our core competencies, but there's obviously specialized companies. When you think about health and employee engagement, then it's obviously a very important topic. So you know, to expose those kind of innovation in a continuous way and have really basically choice and address micro and sustain the investment customers have made. The, you know, the ecosystem is basically the dominating part and the crucial factor. You know, and that's, I think, why it's really, you know, basically the, the, the foundation of success for any kind of platform-driven business. Now, um, yep. obviously, the second thing, the fast mm-hmm. mindset, I guess this is very important, too, when you think about, you know, design thinking, agile, agile development, it's exactly following this kind of concept, right? You build a minimum viable pro- um, product or POC, it's not perfect, you know, but it's good enough to get started, and, you know, speed and time to market is more important in many cases than a perfect solution, which, you know, unfortunately comes too late, and then on You know, there's obviously already then maybe potentially already another product or solution or another approach in the market, and, you know, your companies get disrupted
1: for that. Thank you very much. Sana, I'd love to get your thoughts on all of this. Yes, I think I will add two more things as well. The first one is that ecosystem
3: is the reason we are able to leverage our strengths and really forget about our weakness, for example, if i'm really good at my industry knowledge i should stay in that and provide and actually leverage my strength um and then combine that with some sort of technology or a platform so ecosystem allows you to leverage your strength and um, with the core or fundamental process of innovation, which is bringing people from diverse backgrounds and diverse strengths, it actually aligns very well with that. So a very good example is the medical industries where they've brought doctors and engineers together where they're able to create better innovations for healthcare by combining um, people from different backgrounds in the form of an ecosystem. So the same it applies to technology as well.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Torsten, I'm go- Well, actually, Joachim, any comments from you on the additional feedback from Torsten and from Sana on what you started? Anything you want to add?
4: No, not so, so, so. I think they, they expanded on it very well, and I would agree with, with their thoughts.
1: Okay, good. Now, Torsten, I'm going to circle back to you. We're about two minutes early before we get to our predictions round, but before we do specific predictions, Torsten, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little more about what is going to be coming up on future editions of this series. So our listeners have a pre, a sneak preview, if you will, of what they can expect. Do you have any topics lined up or any thoughts on what's going to come up on your editorial calendar?
2: Um, yeah, I think we will have next. The next session will be really talking about the platform economy, so we'll really talk maybe on the highest level, if you will, around what is the impact of the platform economy in the different areas and how does this affect um, various business models. Um, you know, we will have great speakers, uh, Björn Gurke our CTO here, and SAP uh, will be joining this, plus uh, a professor from the UK um, who is focused on business model innovation. So this will be very, very exciting. And then as I alluded to at the beginning, we'll have really different uh, themes where we'll talk about um, market trends, obviously, then obviously disruptive technologies around machine learning, blockchain, how this will impact really today's business processes. And then in consequence, obviously, also the business models company have to adapt And then we'll also bring in people from more the financial side, which means investors, accelerators, IO funds, and how they help to create a startup community and ecosystem, which is thriving exactly for those reasons that we mentioned, so that customers can embrace innovation. And obviously vendors like us could obviously um, benefit from those innovations and actually expose them um, to our customers accordingly so that we help everybody to become most effective and and agile in adopting innovation and change. So, yeah, we have, I guess, 10 or 11 more sessions lined up. um, Mm I'm pretty confident we have very exciting topics, a lot of interesting speakers, a lot of outside-in perspectives, and I think it's really following a theme and a thread to make this a holistic approach.
1: Good, wonderful. And I have a question for Sana before we get also into the predictions, although we're there right now. Sana, what's coming up for Sodala Solutions? I always like to check in on you. You're a woman in the IT and the tech business, which is uh, a wonderful thing, IMHO. So any quick uh, 60-second overview of what's coming up next for your company?
3: Well, uh, I think that we will be really focusing on um, problems that are mandatory and required and critical um, government, healthcare sector, education sector—really, problems that can change people's lives—and our focus would be to take uh, leverage cloud extensions to solve those exact problems and problems that we feel passionate about. And uh, that's what we are right now looking at to bring more focus and more um, energy into those areas uh, where we feel are
1: strongly passionate about those problems. Thank you. I like the word passion compared, paired with technology. I always think that's a good thing. Thank you, Sana. So, Torsten, I'm going to circle back to you. Now I can give you 60 seconds for your real prediction, other than what's coming up on the series, talking today about the vibrant ecosystem of cloud solution extensions. What's the future after 2020 for this topic? 60 seconds. Torsten Lada. go.
2: Yeah, okay. So I think there's... Couple of things. First, I think you know, today we talk about extensions and applications, and I think Jochen has alluded to that. You know, which I think, from an architecture perspective, and as I said, as well, so affect business models will change into a microservice architecture, which allows companies to more flexibly exchange certain elements of a business process and of their and their business model. And then I think we will see also certain automation and a higher degree of business processes. Uh, Yeah, automation eventually because of machine learning and artificial intelligence, the user interface will become much more uh, voice-driven, basically due to the natural language recognition the systems can gain. And then we will see really some very disruptive technologies like blockchain, which which I believe will really disrupt entire. Areas like supply chain, and which will, it will lead to a new business model and obviously completely new uh, partnerships and consortia in the industries accordingly.
1: Thank you very much. Sana Salam, up to you. 60 seconds. What do you see in the crystal ball? Well, I see
3: that um, the landscape, the entire landscape of the industry is going to change tremendously. I think because of the abundance of technology and the ease of technology access it's going to attract a lot of newcomers, and it, it's not going to have any limitation for skills, or language, or background. Um, anyone can leverage the technology to create an innovation. Um, for example, you don't need to be a data scientist to leverage mm-hmm. AI. Uh, you don't need to know big data to leverage IoT. So all of those things, the ease of access to technology is going to attract a lot of newcomers without any limitations. And that's going to be a very interesting landscape. And I think um, I,
1: I am looking forward to it. Thank you very much. I am as well. And now let's turn to our third panelist, Joachim Nagel. I have 60 seconds for you. What do you see in the crystal ball from your perspective and or Accenture? Go ahead, Joachim.
4: Okay, well, <clears throat> um, well, down the road, I would love to be able to to buy an application on an enterprise app store as easily as I can today on a again on a like mobile app store and it's plug and play and and I can choose my whatever ten solutions I need and they will seamlessly integrate without me having to do to do a lot of integration work. And at the same time the commercial piece will will be as easy as well. So instead of as Torsten said earlier, it takes three months to negotiate the commercials, it's all pre agreed and I can just Choose it, click it, deploy it, and off we go.
1: Thank you very much. I like that. And off we go. And that's about what I need to say right now. Thank you. Thank you for taking away my clothes. I'm only teasing. That was a great line, actually. So we have now debuted the brand-new series, Game-Changing Business Model Disruption. I hope you're all a little wiser, a little smarter, and very inspired by the words of wisdom and the insights of my three very smart panelists, Torsten Lydic at SAP. Thank you, Torsten. Sana salam, at Solutions and Jochen Nagel at Accenture thank you all to the three of you I'm Bonnie D. Graham this is let's see it's Thursday yeah this is the end of our broadcast week we'll be back with four or five new shows we have so many new shows this year I'm losing count actually I just got a call from a colleague at SAP who wants to start a brand new series on uh, the consumer products industry for North America and we're going to work something out and that would mean we're up to about 16 or 17 series this year oh my bring it on so here's my call to action and a shout out to. To Aaron, our, our very brave, uh, um, very brave and very conversational and very pleasant engineer. I call him the engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio. Thank you, Aaron, for everything you do for us to keep us on the air. So, fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Torsten Leideck, just like Sana Salam, and just like Jochen Nagel. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Have a great day. Bye bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to game-changing business model disruption. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.